chapter number two. I hope you're enjoying Christmas. I hope you've had a chance to take uh, the, the grumpy look off of someone's face and put a smile on their face and tell them Merry Christmas. And it's a great season as we think about Christmas. And last week we got started and I didn't want to rush this lesson. And so I really kind of divided it. And so we're going to pick it up where we left off last week. In Luke chapter number 2, verse number 11, the Bible says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. Now, we started, and of course, this isn't the first time, even last week, that we've gone to Luke chapter number two. And of course, uh, Matthew also has a part of what we call the Christmas story. And uh, this is, of course, the, the story reported by Luke. And we understand the gospel is, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we pick it up here again today. And as you think about Christmas, of course, we understand Christmas is something that the longer we live and the darker the world gets, uh, we understand Christmas is under attack. Uh, everything, Christian values around the world are under attack. I, re I was reading a couple accounts. There was a Christian employee uh, in Panama City, Florida, right here in our state, was fired because she refused to greet customers with what they told her was, they told, they told their employees to say, Happy Holidays. And she refused to do that. Instead, she was saying Merry Christmas to everybody that was coming in the store. And she was fired as a result of that. Uh, last year, there was a school in the Midwest, and the school was sued because they put up Christmas decorations and they failed to include the Muslim holiday of Ramadan. And because of the lawsuit, they were forced to put up uh, a, a, a decoration for Ramadan. Uh, I, something that kind of hit close to home, I was uh, kind of back and forth with one of our very own church members, and one of our church members was telling me that he had been having an ongoing conversation with his, um, his daughter's school teacher, and uh, I, part of those uh, email transmissions I actually have with me this morning just as, as a way to, to show you how Christian values, even at Christmas time, are under attack, and uh, this this uh, member of our church here, he was conversing back and forth by email with uh, his daughter's teacher, and he says, I certainly hope that if you have a menorah that you will have a nativity set as well as, with Jesus as the centerpiece. And then he says, please let me know if you do or you do not. Thanks. And he, he signed off concerned Christian parent. And of course, uh, the teacher's email that I didn't get was basically saying how she was going to display all religions and, and religious uh, Christmas things and, and so on. And so that was his comment. And here's what she said to, back to him in an email. She says, we will be comparing holidays around the world and traditions and customs of each. We do not teach religion. She said, in my room, I have secular items one might see during the holiday season. I am sure that you're aware many holidays include candle decorations and menorahs. And then she signed off regards, and I'll just call her Mrs. N. 
And uh, then he emailed her back and said, but a menorah is not a, is secular at all. It is based on Jewish tradition, an important symbol of both ancient and modern Israel that was used in the temple when it once stood in Israel. He, he goes on to say, so if I purchase a nativity scene for you that is also shown around the world just like a menorah, I would expect an educator to teach about the history of the nativity scene and what it represents. Uh, what will you say about the menorah? I'm, I'm, not, it's, I'm not being difficult, he says. I appreciate and love the Jewish faith. He says, it's great that you're showing a menorah. Kids will ask what the meaning is behind it. If that's the case, give proper credit to the Christian faith and teach the children about Christianity. He says, if you are going to truly be secular, then, then a menorah should not be shown. But if it is, then a nativity scene should also be shown. He says, I look forward to hearing your response. And her response was, we're not going to put one up. Uh, she basically said, if you want to buy one, that's fine. But, you know, again, that, that just goes to show you how uh, even uh, people who we would call atheists, what they would love to do is to totally do away with Christmas as a holiday. And to be honest with you, that's a very poor reflection on this once great Christian nation that we live in. And of course, our nation was founded upon Christian pr principles and the Word of God. But I, I realize that under some of our constitutional rights that people are free to celebrate whatever they want, freedom of religion, but to eliminate Christmas altogether, honestly, I think would be a terrible thing. And yet a lot of people would love to see this happen. If there had never been a Christmas, then think about this, the world would be far different than it is today. This world would be a different place, and it would be different in ways that we can never imagine. For instance, when Jesus came, and he was born, and then he, he, he began to live on this earth, and he taught many things, one of the things that he taught while he was on this earth, you see there in your notes, is he says that he taught his followers to love God, but also to love their neighbors. Luke 10, 27, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Without the birth of Christ, not only that, but education would be vastly different than it is today. And you might say, well, pastor, education is definitely not uh, Christian anymore. And I, I get that. I understand that. But if you look back historically, you, you find that places like Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, Yale, uh, almost, almost all of the 123 American colleges and universities were founded by Christians originally. Most people don't realize that. It's hard to imagine that those schools that were founded by Christians today teach evolution. Uh, that today they deny the very existence of God, but yet they started as a Christian college or a Christian university. But I don't know about you today, I thank God for His Word. I thank God for the holy, inspired, infallible Word of God. And it is what all of us need in this world today. And as we look at the Word of God uh, last week, this week, and next week, of course, certainly we understand that when we look at the Bible, what we see is God setting the record straight about what Christmas is really all about. And we need to understand this, not only we ourselves, but then we can share with others what really the reason for the season is. 
So I want to conclude this morning with two thoughts about Christmas being a time. And notice, first of all, this morning, Christmas is a time for amazing grace. It's a time for amazing grace. In Luke chapter number 2, in verse number 11 again, the Bible says this, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, I'm going to make a statement here, and I hope that you understand it. But I know a lot of times we say this, Jesus is the reason for the season. But in reality, we are the reason for the season. Now, don't, don't think I'm a heretic. I want you to look again, because here's what he says, For unto you is born this day. If you look in your, in your notes there, Isaiah 9, 6, look at this. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Listen, as I look at these scriptures and many others, Jesus wouldn't have had to have come if it had not been for us. And when I say us, I'm talking about all of mankind. That if, if man wouldn't have fallen, we wouldn't have needed a Savior. And so as, we, as I understand this morning, Christmas clearly is a time for God's amazing grace. Last week we talked about those shepherds. Remember how I mentioned they were social outcasts. Uh, they were the rejects of society. Nobody wanted anything to do with them. They, they, they were dirty. They were filthy. Many of them, the way they lived their lives, were kind of vulgar. But it was to those people, that group of people, they, didn't, they weren't deserving to hear the news of the birth of God's Son first, but yet it was God's grace that reached out to them in their time of need, just like me, just like you. God reaching down to us. Look what Paul wrote to Timothy. The grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. I study the scriptures, and I'll tell you, I get amazed week in, week out, day in and day out when I study the word of God. And I find that as I look at the Bible, that God's grace is a constant theme in the Bible. And I think that when you think about Christmas and what Christmas really is about, that the grace of God culminates with Christmas. Uh, you think about how God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, this matter of God's grace, it's God's favor in our lives. How many of you are glad for the blessings of God? That's God's grace. We don't deserve it. God's kindness, it's unmerited to us that are sinners. Salvation is by God's grace alone. It truly is. As somebody said years ago, God's riches at Christ's expense. That's what grace is. It's amazing when you think about God's grace. And it wasn't just for those shepherds. It was for all people. You can't talk to the wrong person about God. God loves everyone. God's grace is available to everyone. Look at Titus 2.11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to how many people? All. To all people. 
See, if, if we got what we deserved, you know where we would spend eternity without the Lord. That's what, where we would spend eternity. But there is nothing that you and I, we understand this now that we who are saved, we understand there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. God saves people. Last night, God was working in our presentation through song and through maybe some lines and through the message to speak to people about their need, the need of salvation. This is, this is something that's, that's serious. The Bible says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's what Christmas is really all about. It's about us. We all know these verses very well. I've just shared them this past week a couple times already. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Folks, listen this morning. Understand that if you have never accepted God's grace, you can do that today. You can accept God's gift. Look at Proverbs 27, verse 1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. I think about this time of year. I know it's difficult for many. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't even really know what's going to happen today. But I'm so glad for the peace that God has given me in my heart. I've never doubted my salvation. I pray that everyone here this morning under the sound of my voice is saved. And if, that if you're not, the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I, I'm not a big social Twitter and all this type of stuff. There's so many things out there, I, and I, I keep up with some. Honestly, most of it I, I just keep up so I can keep up with my grandkids. That's, that's the biggest reason. And this past week, I, I, was, I, was, I hadn't done it in a while, and I, I got on Twitter, and I was looking at some preacher friends, and I love to read some quotes and things that they put on there. <clears throat> and, and I said to my wife, I said, look at this. And I didn't even know who the guy was. He's a young man pastoring up in Boston. And I, I, I don't even know how I got his, his Twitter and, uh, or tweet, whatever it's called. And uh, he, his, his tweet said this. He said, uh, my wife was raised in a Christian home. Her, her father was a pastor. And he said this past week, he said after the service, he said, my wife came up to me with tears in her eyes and said, I'm not saved. And he said, I had the joy of taking the word of God and leading my wife to Christ. A lot of people think, well, how embarrassing. Listen, what's even more embarrassing is to miss heaven. I'll tell you what, I bet you that, that wife, that pastor's wife, doesn't regret that. And if you're not saved today, then listen, settle that today. This truly is a time for God's amazing grace. And if you are saved, then you ought to be able to testify about God's grace in your life. But notice, secondly, this morning, not only is Christmas... Oh, by the way, let me share this with you before we move on, because I thought this was a tremendous illustration of God's grace. How many of you have heard the name John Newton? Anybody heard the name John Newton? If you look on the screen there, you can see 
This is actually the, the epitaph on Newton's grave. And John Newton, it says, clerk, once an infidel in Libertine, a servant of slaves in Africa, was by the rich mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, preserved, restored, pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith that he had long labored to destroy. What a, what a tremendous testimony Newton left in this world. A man just like the Apostle Paul that hated the cause of Christ, but God saved him by his grace and his life, and even after his life, he being dead yet speaketh. And we see here again, grace did not free Newton to serve no master, but it freed him to serve a new master. And so we're, we're glad for God's amazing grace. And then notice that Christmas also is a time for glorifying God. And of course, we go back to Luke 2. Look what it says in verse 13. The Bible says, And suddenly there was with the angel and a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. After this angel finished his speech, the Bible records right here in Luke 2 that he was joined by a multitude of the heavenly host. And what were they doing? They were giving glory to God. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. God deserves to be glorified. And I love their message here in Luke 2. It was not like the world today. It wasn't a secular message. It was a spiritual one. They were glorifying God. Christmas is a great time, yes, for all of us as Christians to, to, to demonstrate our faith because it still is a day that we as Christians on the calendar set aside to commemorate the birth of the King of Kings. And yes, we might have, as we did last night and this morning, maybe a Christmas program. And I've been seeing a lot of schools and colleges and others, and praise the Lord, they're doing those because each time... It's an opportunity to present the Lord and the true meaning of Christmas. And we see that there are a lot of even family functions. You know what all of these are? They're opportunities for us. Uh, that each one of us as Christians can show this lost world that we live in what the real me meaning of Christmas is all about. And as we join together, listen, we need to be like that multitude of heavenly hosts. We need to come together as God's people during this time of year and praise God for the great things, give glory to God. That is our duty as a Christian. Notice what it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatsoever therefore ye eat, this must have been written to Baptist, right? Or drink or whatsoever ye do. That pretty much sums it up, right? Look at the last part of it. Do all to what? To the glory of God. Everything you do, everything here at Bible Baptist Church, Everything in your life, every time you sit down, every time you talk to someone, every time a Christmas rolls around, and even the months between the Christmases, do all to the glory of God. That's our duty as a Christian. Notice 1 Chronicles 16. We recently used this in our missions conference. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day His salvation. Declare His glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. This world that we live in, it needs to know what Christmas is really all about. Hey, listen, the world doesn't have a problem lifting up their voices about the sinful life that they're living. Where's the Christian today that will declare the glory of God? 
that will tell people about the amazing grace of our God, that will tell people that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He came to save them from their sins. Hey, listen, don't be a squeaky Christian. Declare the glory of God. Tell those that you come into contact with. I love this story here because these shepherds that the Bible tells us about that came and they saw the, 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 the birth of the Christ, the Bible records after that they met him that their mission changed. Now, yes, they went back to eventually to their, their flocks, but when they went away from being around the Christ child, you know what they did? They went everywhere telling everyone what they had seen. You think about this, it, it's one thing to be a Christian when you're in church. Can you be a Christian outside these walls? Can you speak up for the Lord when you're among people that may not have the right kind of speech that glorifies God? Folks, listen, when I see these shepherds, they, they return to their lives, but as they return, they return glorifying God, giving praise to God. What are you doing this Christmas that glorifies the Lord? You ought to ask yourself, have I been doing anything at all this season that would bring glory to God? It, it, look, if there had never been a Christ, Christmas, then much of what is good in this world wouldn't be here if there wasn't a Christmas. Much of the good that we've experienced, it'd be missing, wouldn't be a part of our lives. I mean, I don't know about you, but maybe this morning you could think about what your favorite Christmas memory ever is. And if you think about what that favorite memory is, then as you think about that, without Christmas, it would have never happened. So many things would be different in this world. Without Christmas, something far worse would have happened. If there was no Christmas, then Jesus would have never come. Aren't you glad that he came? I've thought this many times in my life. I've been saved now for 35 years. Where would we be without Jesus? That we, that's for sure. So many good things in my life right now. None of them would be there. That's a thought, isn't it? Where would we be if Jesus would have never come? The creator that God chose... He came to us, Emmanuel. Why? Look what the Bible says. Again, you know the verse. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now watch this. Here's the why. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. That's God's words. Everlasting is everlasting. You can't take something away that God gave you. Man can't undo. You think about it, even, at, even when we stand to officiate a wedding. Some of you probably have been married so long like us, you almost forgot these words, but the Bible says, what God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. See, we come together in Christ. We think about Christmas time. It's hard, I think, sometimes to think about Christmas the way that 
God intends it to be. But I'll tell you, it was purely God's love that brought a baby over 2,000 years to this earth. It was God's desire that His creation, all of us, would dwell with Him, that we would worship Him. It's hard for us to understand the depth of God's love for us with our little minds, our finite minds, to understand the Creator and how much He loves us. Every day I get up and I think about that. I think about how much God loves me. Does that thought ever cross your mind? I think about many times how God created everything and then God created man. And then God came in the cool of the day to walk with man. God wants to spend time with us. God loves us. Christmas time is a special time because it reminds me of how much God loves me. And I think about his amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I think of the opportunity, not just at Christmas, but all year long, to give God the glory. Our choir did a great job last night, but I told the folks that were here, and I may do it again today, I said, let's thank God for what he did. You see, we're not here to perform. If you listen carefully throughout the songs and throughout the speaking parts, and especially through the message, you'll hear some mistakes. But I think God got the glory last night. And Christmas really is time. I hope you enjoy the Christmas season. Let's bow our heads and reflect on this thought this morning and let's pray. Lord, thank you again for Christmas, for a special time that you've given to us each year to think about your grace. Lord, truly it is amazing to us. We're so thankful for your son and for his sacrifice I do pray that if there is someone here this morning that's not saved, that, Lord, they would settle that before it's eternally too late. Lord, I know that anyone here from our church, any Christian this morning, would love to take the Bible and show someone how they can be saved. And I pray that if there is someone, that they would seek someone out this morning and, and just ask them simply this, can you show me how I can know for sure that heaven could be my home, how I can be saved. And Lord, I thank you also that you've given us the privilege and the opportunity to praise you and to give you the glory for everything because Jesus said, you're the vine, I am the vine and you're the branches, for without me, ye can do nothing. God, we know that without you, we would not enjoy all the blessings, all the, the favor that you give to us. And we know that your mercies are new each day. Now, Lord, help us this morning to bring honor and glory to you. Bless as we hear from our choir and the message of the word of God. And I pray that you would save the lost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.